Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about men who low-key online bully other men, middle school style. Also men who wear earrings, men who wear cowboy hats, Sean's who invite themselves up to the hot seat, and very thirsty Jessies. Plus one absolutely luminous Charity Lawson. Here today to dig into one of the calmest, least painful men tell-all specials in Bachelorette history is friend of the pod and brilliant author Esme Wang. Welcome, Esme. We're so happy to have you. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh. I mean, longtime friend of the pod, but first time friend of the Men Tell All recap. So <laughs> 14 pages of Im- notes. Yeah. <laughs> more more than us, which is really saying something. This is what happens when we don't have Claire. Yes. Lee and I uh, we are just not, can't. I am yeah, we're not, not quite Claire the level of notes. <laughs> yeah, that, that Claire is. Um, and I'm jealous, to be honest, of yeah. Claire's note taking skills. Look, but there's we try an attention best. to detail. We try. We're trying to fill her the shoes she has left um, while she's on mat leave. Small reminder before we get into it, this week on Rich Text, I did a podcast about the sexy summer rom-com Red, White, and Royal Blue with friend of the pod Justin Adams. So you can find that episode over at clarendemma.substack.com. We had a lot of fun discussing it. But let's get into it. Let's get into this Men Tell All special because Father Jesse is ready. He is so ready. And he it's is the 20th anniversary. Which, oh, and he is thirsty. Of course he had to remind us of that it's the 20th anniversary of The Bachelorette. Um so that's why we have a little uh guest appearance from some past bachelorettes. The guys from Charity Season are here to spill the tea again for a very very thirsty Father Jesse. And of course Charity's there. Um and wait, 
the best guest of all, the new Golden Bachelor, oh, Gary. Oh. That's all I needed, an oh. hour of Gary. Yes. I know. There is always so much filler in these episodes because they don't need to be two hours long. <laughs> but the Gary part, I was like, bring it on. Extend it. Let him talk a little more. Give him the floor. I'm good. Cannot yeah. wait for his season of The Golden Bachelor. I cried so much just like meeting him and hearing his story, his full story for like the first time. I feel like it really got me. I was definitely in my feels for Gary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We will get into all of that. But first, let's talk about the men who are here to tell some. We have Spencer, Adrian, Pilot, Peter II, John, James, Caleb B., John Henry, Michael, Aaron S., Brayden, Xavier, Tanner, and Sean. And notably, right, who were, or maybe notably, who who wasn't there was Warwick? Where was Warwick? I would have loved to see how that guy's doing. Yeah, Warwick and Lawyer Josh were oh, not yeah, there. Oh, yeah, Lawyer Josh. I, I could have used some Lawyer Josh. I assume, from what we saw of Warwick during his one-on-one with Charity, I'm not you didn't confident need to see more. he would have contributed <laughs> anything. <laughs> I was actually um, pleasantly surprised that this men tell all was a lot less screamy than normal. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that that is perhaps in part because these men generally seemed to really get along with each other. But I think in larger part, it's because Paradise had already filmed when this was filmed. And that means that no one was doing their like last ditch effort. Uh, little audition to get on Paradise. And so we just, we did away with so much talking over each other and we didn't have as many random people chiming in on situations that they had no part of. And it was so pleasant. It really was. That's such a good point about Paradise because you can tell they were all like, I've been to the beach. I got that part uh, ticked off and I'm just here to just hang out with my friends and attack my enemies. <laughs> That's the sense I got. <laughs> I did wonder because there was no Bachelor in Paradise bidding, like why did Sean jump on the stage and say his kind of unimportant, he just had a very unimportant thing to say. But anyway, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. Jesse rolls to a recap of the season. And I was struck by the fact that you know they're scraping the barrel when Brayden and Sean are the big villains, villains of the season <laughs> because they are two of the perhaps tamest villains of all time. More blustery and annoying than than anything yeah, else. Yeah, than villainous, for sure. And their argument, too, was like, not even that interesting. It was something to do with the nitty gritty of how Brayden was doubting Charity herself. And Sean saw that as a matter of honoring Charity and her time. And you were manipulative in because you felt Charity was bad, but I was being different because it was just very, very minor differences in the way they felt they were behaving. Yeah. The best part for me was like Brayden's reaction to watching the drama back, like watching himself on screen. Cause I love seeing like the embarrassment um, on his face, but then also like, yeah, watching it back. You're like, was this as dramatic as we thought it was? (laughs) I didn't think it was that dramatic while it was happening. And I'm actually so grateful. Like I, I, this is what I've been asking for. I wanted a nice love story and I wanted less emotional trauma 
Give me petty gossip. Give me men just disliking each other because of the stupidest shit because they were on a Zoom call and someone said they would make (laughs) T-shirts. And then the rest of them got together and were like, let's be mean to him. Like, yes, yes, this is the level this is all we need. Of, yeah. Yeah. This is this is what we need. I don't need people to be like their souls torn from their bodies, like bent over, weeping, needing like years of therapy yeah, after coming sc- off of screaming this. Screaming matches. We definitely had a run, yeah, of of soul rending. And I think this exactly. was a nice like, let's just talk about the semantics of what it means to have doubts about the process. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. I do want to call out Brayden's look, which, frankly, I was kind of into it. The glittery jacket. He's wearing a bedazzled black, like military style almost jacket with like little buttons up the right up the middle. It's very ornate. Mm -hmm. He has a straight down like the center part, which is his signature. But now he has some new facial hair. And frankly, You're into I it. support it. Could, you get it. Had, Could you get like, it? A pearl necklace situation, too, with like a little tassel. Oh, yeah. pearls for men have been back since Nate Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, right. He, you know, yep. he, he made it known back in the Gabby and Rachel season. And Brayden is really continuing continuing that that vibe forward. He also is wearing, I think, one of his most tasteful pair of dangly earrings. Yes. Very understated for him. They were similar to the ones he ended up giving Jesse later. Yes. I just, they weren't like feathers that you would have bought at a community craft fair. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they were 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 a little, they were one step up from that and silver and black, no color, just... I did like his look. I, I appreciated it. He had a little bit like s- wet too. His hair was like wet and kind of slicked back, but not. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of gel in that hair. There was a lot yeah. going on, but you know what? Braden can pull it off because again, he is his authentic self and all of these guys are not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> According to him. You cannot cuss. If you catch yourself cussing on TV, that is not being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. That exchange oh, was so God. funny too. When he was just like, if you can't just curse, that means you're, yeah, you're not being you. Just curse, man. And he's like, well, I'm on TV. And one of the rules was like, try not to curse. And air. the thing is, he did curse. Okay, so we uh, uh, we should probably talk about who we're we're talking about here. Yes. Okay, so, so pretty much immediately, everyone starts getting into the Brayden of it all. Um, one thing Sean said that I think was correct is that it was sort of the Brayden show mm-hmm. for the first whatever, what what was it, five episodes until he was eliminated. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned before, Esme, Sean and Brayden get into a semantic argument about whose lack of readiness for a proposal is more valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Sean was correct in pointing out that his concern was that Charity wasn't actually into him, which was correct. Yeah. And Braden's was more like he didn't believe Charity was being real. real. Like or, she was just always being the bachelorette. Yeah, or he didn't feel like this process was could work for him. Mm-hmm. I did like when Sean was like, am I going to be there at the end? And I wasn't. That's why I'm sitting here. That's why all of us are here <laughs> looping in all the losers <laughs> who could not make it past the mental episode. Frankly, true. Yeah. 
like show me the lie. You are you all did lose and that's that is why you're all there. So you're all in it together. Michael also brings up the fact that Brayden returned to talk to Charity after he self-eliminated and thus took up even more time from them. And Brayden's like, I came back because I wanted to apologize. I left in a very heightened emotional state. I didn't get to say everything I wanted to. I wasn't trying to make coming back about me. And yet it ended up being about me. And John particularly was upset. He was like, timing is everything. That was a crucial moment of the entire week. And Brayden starts picking on John by saying, you want to pretend like I came in like a word that means stole that is offensive. Your conversation like, bro, you were making out with her. And I was kind of like, well, maybe you don't want to be interrupted when you're making out either. Like that's, you know... It's actually weird when someone hovers over you and stares at you and stands there until you notice they're watching you make out. And yes, I did. I did want to call out the fact that um, Brayden employed a racist anti-Romani term Mm -hmm. and uh, note to everyone, don't Don't use that term. It's offensive and racist. This brings us to the conversation that you both were alluding to before between Adrian and Brayden. Yeah. Right? That is what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Adrian sort of jumped brings up the date that pissed off Brayden, which was like the longest kiss with Joey uh, and how he was on the date. And they all had to watch Charity make out with Joey. And as we remember, Brayden didn't like that. <laughs> he was he was not into it. I love this long series of guys in the various seasons who get so mad at things that they weren't even there for. Oh, it's so, incredible. It's, it's like, perfect. Yeah, he's like, I'm offended. Um, <laughs> the nude bungee jumping that I wasn't there for. I'm so mad about that. You know, having to wear skimpy outfits. Like, I'm so mad about that. I wasn't there, <laughs> but I'm still mad. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, it does it does give Jesse an opportunity to bring up Yosef again? Yes. yes. <laughs> the joke that will never die. So Adrian, I think rightly says like you're kind of on the wrong show sure. if you're upset that someone was kissing, that Charity was kissing someone in front of one of the other men. We have a clip of the next part of this exchange. I just feel like that's what this show is going to be about. Like, I haven't saw the show, but I know that she's going to probably kiss you, kiss you, kiss you, kiss you. Kissing's so it's like it is what it is. Like, it's one thing to see someone kiss around the house. I mean, we don't have a lot of space, bro. But like, a five-minute-long kiss forced to sit front and center in a crowd but of over 100 people? it's a competition, Brayden. They should have had better they answers. Have That's what it, I mean, that is what it is. Maybe they would have been up there. I would have loved to have a great answer and be in a kisser for four and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, I love Xavier jumping in at the end there. This argument made no sense to me. Like, wouldn't watching people kiss around the house also bother you? It would bother me not any more or less than watching someone kiss to break a alleged record. <laughs> yeah. It's so in true. In public, in front of, like, hundreds of people. Yeah, no, it made—the distinction makes absolutely no sense. I feel like what Brayden was trying to say, which I don't agree with, is that, like, it's one thing for it to happen— sort of unintentionally because of the situation. It's another for this to be done super intentionally. And what he said during the show, which I wish that they had dug into, is the fact that he basically claimed that Charity was being disrespectful 
by yes. doing this. Yes. And yeah. we don't, and that was the stuff that he said that I found to be the most problematic throughout the season. And that was never addressed in the men tell all. It was more just bros getting mad at other bros for well, the taking their time. The thing about like, did Brayden call charity classless thing did mm. come up, um, which I love yes. because then they got to put up this really poorly made graphic that said <laughs> that there was in fact no tape showing Brayden calling her classless. And I had not personally seen that before. I don't know if it had happened in the past and I just forgot about it, but I always feel like this thing that comes up, especially on the pod that y'all bring up a lot, is the fact that when people say, let's roll tape, like roll tape, there is never any tape. tape. We never yeah. get to see like whether or not it happened. And so, yeah, it's just, a, it happened a couple, like, brought up uh, this tape thing a couple of times in this episode. I, yeah, I absolutely loved this. So what you guys were alluding to earlier was the fact that Brayden and Adrian kind of get into it over the idea of what it means to like have a facade on <laughs> while you are filming a TV show. And Brayden takes this really hard line position, which is, well, obviously we all have facades on because we know that we're on a TV show, essentially. And you just censored yourself from cursing, Adrian. So look, you, you weren't your authentic self, and I'm always my authentic self, because you would be cursing more if, if you, you were, were being authentic. <laughs> it's, it's the most hilarious argument, because of course there's an element of truth to that. Like, yes, in different situations, people behave in slightly different ways. Mm -hmm. And when what you are saying is also going to be fodder for an international audience of millions, you probably should Edit be a little bit more careful yeah. about what you're saying. Yeah. Like, like I was like, <laughs> your idea of putting on a facade makes no sense to me. Charity was herself, but she was also the bachelorette because, hey, she was the bachelorette. And Adrian right. is catching himself in a cuss word, which, first of all, he said the cuss word, which meant that he <laughs> wasn't putting on that much of a facade. Yeah. And he didn't cuss freely. <laughs> As if you were on TV because, dude, they are indeed on TV. So right. that made yeah. no sense to me. <laughs> He's like, you cannot acknowledge the reality of the situation. That means you are fake. Like, I, I'm sorry. I don't believe that Brayden acts in exactly the same way in every single social situation in his life. If he did, that would probably betray the fact that he is not reading the room and is missing a lot of social cues. Like, that is part of being human and like interacting with other people, people. Yeah. in the world. It's just so funny too, because it goes back to the idea that there wasn't enough drama for them to recap on the mental all that all of just, this is just like spinning out into becoming a big deal when it's just like, it's such a silly conversation to me. Yeah. It's, it's also stupid. I also like that Brayden is clearly trying to kind of make nice with everyone. And so Jesse's like, Brayden, you kept saying everyone else was fake and you were real. And he's like, well, I guess it's just that the other guy's realness is different <laughs> from my realness. That's really what I was saying. Oh, my gosh. So then they finally talk about the alleged classless comment. We do have a clip of the beginning of this conversation. I never called her classless. That's not something I said. I so don't just, put that word in my mouth. I wouldn't have made it up. Well, you did. Do we have the tape or not? 
Uh, we go, bro. Because it didn't happen. So nobody, nobody else heard him say that about the date, saying that it was classless and disrespectful. So look, so this, Did it happen, this, Jesse? this is what it come down to me. <laughs> I'm trying to find it out right now. I wasn't whether, whether, whether it's proof or not. Did you guys hear me? Did I ever say classless? Anyone? Anyone? I, I said classless. Yeah. They say, yeah, apparently maybe I did. <laughs> I love that he... Okay, so the audience hilariously believes that he said she was classless. And then Brayden says, apparently maybe I did. And then the truly hideous graphic pops up saying, there is no tape showing this happened. Yeah, it says, a search was made for footage of Brayden calling Charity classless. So far, no footage has surfaced. So far. And so far, I did not, I did not remember classless ever being used. I do think what Adrian was communicating was the spirit of what he interpreted. Yeah, I agree. Brayden and I think to be saying Brayden did say disrespectful. Yes, I think he just like that's the idea he had in his head of what, about what happened. But I don't think Brayden ever used that word. Now, some people in the audience seem to think he definitely used it. That cracked me. Jesse up. had like his finger on his uh, his earpiece, like, "Oh, guys, can you uh, alert? <laughs> can you alert! Please roll the tapes. Go back, check it out." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was just the idea of what Brayden was attempting to say about Charity making out with Joey for four and a half minutes. But I don't think he ever said that she was classless. Another thing that came up with the Brayden. Thing that made me want to ask y'all a, a kind of broader question about how the bachelor should bachelorette or bachelor should operate is so he was bothered by the fact that the men who had a problem with him didn't confront him directly and instead went to charity or like talking were talking about him behind his back and so that made me wonder like what is the right answer if you feel like you know some you don't like somebody uh, another one of the contestants. It, are you supposed to confront them and be, be like, I don't know. It, it, well, it's interesting know. because this season, like a lot of the guys who actually go to the Bachelorette and say so and so is doing this or so and so is like this in the house, the Bachelorette ends up either setting them home a week later or like not finding that romantic connection. But the guy who really called out Brayden the most, Aaron, is still on the show. Like he's in the finale. So I feel like that tr it depends on how much she likes the person who is coming to her with that information. I don't know how you feel about it, Emma, but that's always that was interesting to me that Aaron's still around after he kind of stirred the pot a little bit. But he is a genuine guy and he he was just really trying to alert her to the fact that Brayden probably was never going to be ready to get married. The ITMs are interesting because I think that what we're seeing with someone like Brayden is that the normal social thing to do is just to talk light shit about behind someone's back <laughs> yes. when you're annoyed with them, right? Like nothing he did except in maybe a couple specific circumstances that were discussed as a group with him involved were like capital offenses. You know, he, there's probably a reason that he thought he was in good with all of the other guys, probably because he mostly was. They were just annoyed by him. So then you get someone like Tanner in front yes. of the camera and they're just like, and he's like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of Brayden. What is he overcompensating for? Like, I'm exhausted. This is annoying. And in, in the normal world, you would just like talk to a friend and be like, dude, this was so annoying. 
what is what is he doing? And then you'd see Brayden and you'd be like, yeah, we're good. You're good energy. You're fun. Yeah, yeah. I just had to, I had to <laughs> vent about you. Yeah, yeah like Br- even Brayden's complaint. So Tanner's like, what did I say behind your back? And he says, you said Brayden's immature and he's bugging me. You actually were talking smack the whole time. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> Well, immature and bugging me is not really, like you said, those are not capital offenses. I'm around annoying people all the time and I'm not going to... Everyone's annoying. (laughs) I'm not going to walk up to them and be like, yesterday you were so annoying. Okay, now I feel okay, though. I told you to your face. Yeah, and Tanner and Brayden like room together. So, of course, he's probably annoyed with him. He's been like living with him. Uh, Frankly, when they're all dating I, the same woman, like that's annoying to begin with. That's, that's I don't wish to be told when I'm annoying. I don't want everyone who ever finds me annoying to tell me. I'd prefer they kept that to themselves, especially if you're roommates. Exactly, you have to coexist with that person. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, more from the Men Tell All special. Can you keep up? I like. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility are also included. Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly, and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing, and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie Pinchwaist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are, and it was exciting to get to try them out without sending 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code LTSI20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer 
running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we are back. So yeah, back to Tanner and uh, Brayden. And this little exchange. Um, I also love that Tanner had like a bigger part in the mental all. Like he was, I, we saw him talk about his experience. We saw him in the bloopers a lot. Um, I feel like. I think he was a fan favorite. Yeah, I think Tanner's going to be like definitely on Paradise. Um, they're setting him up to be um, a someone major, to watch. A more yeah. major player. I completely agree. Maybe this is a spicy take, but I find Tanner so boring. He's like a brick wall, both in looks <laughs> and in personality, in my opinion. Oh, I kind of find him cute. Aww, I like him too. But, I'm I, glad. but I also do think he's a little bit like a brick wall. And that's exactly <laughs> why he wasn't featured that much in this season. Like, I think he got along with everyone. He's one of the older guys. He mm. seems fairly conflict averse. So I think he was just sort of like sitting back, taking it all in. Everyone likes him. And that energy is making a lot of the straight women watching be like, that guy, he seems unobjectionable. Yeah. And that that then elevates his his social yeah. capital. Especially yeah. when you compare him to like Brayden and Sean, who were mm-hmm. the two guys that he was most annoyed with. Um, he seems more just like yeah, Tanner's like adults. 30. <laughs> Those guys are tw- like yes. 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> you, then it becomes, you sense the gap. It becomes like Brayden and Sean as kind of the top tier annoying people. And so I I did wonder throughout the men tell all, I noticed like who was taking whose side. And at times I wondered whether or not, like, for example, James goes on at length about how he was yes. annoyed by, with Sean. And I wondered if that was why he took Brayden's side. So that made me wonder if between these two people that I find skeevy and annoying, would I have taken up with Brayden or with Sean? It was really hard for my own heart. Frankly, I would I would rather hang out with Brayden than Sean, I think. I think so, too. Sean, I found very off-putting. Yeah, Sean reminds me of just, like, you know, a toddler I hang out with with my kids. Like, that's just... <laughs> I'd much rather hang out with Brayden. <laughs> Sean is trying to so hard. Brayden is chaotic, but Sean, I just... It's we wouldn't vibe, in my opinion. I think he he came off. He's fine. Yeah, no Again, one, too, these no guys one was are like, that bad. They're on this the season, youngest but... guys on the season. Mm-hmm. I think at twenty four. So of course 
you know, as women in our mid thirties, <laughs> we prefer <laughs> yeah, to hang out with Tanner. <laughs> these men are literally children. I think, yeah, Sean is twenty five, I think, and um, and Brayden is twenty four. Like, at, once you're more than ten years younger than me, I think we can. You know. Yeah, James goes into a small story about why one of the reasons he was so uh, felt disrespected by Sean and it had to do with sitting in the middle of the guys on the couch, which was not a particularly interesting story. But I know, he's like, I was so mad at you because after the Barbie and Ken date, you had to squeeze <laughs> in exactly where she was going to come into the room and you stole that attention. And I was just like, is this really the drama we're going to be <laughs> That was a great imitation, by the way. Perfect. Spot on. Thank you. I really have been working on my young (laughs) boy. On your your James. (laughs) My young boy imitation. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right about that, too, Esme, that James then became a bit of a Brayden defender. He was like, what? He was too honest. Yes. And he has weird earrings. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that much of a problem. And then he's like, but you know what is a problem? (laughs) When you sit your keister in the middle of the couch. And then take my time with charity in Oceanside. Oh my God. And then, of course, consistency. uh, You know, Aaron S. has to chime in too and be like, and you came in skipping into the cocktail party and singing in front of us losers, like loser cans. And it was so annoying. Like you walked into a hornet's nest. (laughs) This drama was just cracking me up so much. Like they were just finding the little, like Sean, of course, I think he got the time with charity on that date. Um, he got the one-on-one time, then he gets to the cocktail party. He's probably like feeling himself. He's just That's excited. What he said. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I was in a good mood. I didn't realize people were so bad when I got back. And that seems like a legit answer. Honestly, like I find Sean very annoying, but I, I it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. I find Sean generally annoying, but when it actually came down to most of what he said during this special, I was like, I mean... Fine. Yeah, sure. Seems fine. Speaking of you gotta, petty and, you gotta hand it to him. Speaking of petty and silly, I think the next thing that came up was the Peter thing, which <laughs> I did not know about at all. Did you did you all know about the this? Absolutely not. No. Okay, so at this point, pilot Peter, pilot Pete the second, who was not present for this Barbie date that they are discussing because he again went home night one, tries to jump in, and Caleb is like immediately you can tell Caleb hates this guy. He's like, who the heck are you? (laughs) Oh, you're the dude. Oh, everyone (laughs) give it up for this guy. (laughs) And all of a sudden, as an audience member who does not spend a lot of time reading Reddit, so I was not aware of this at all. I assume that's, if there was discussion of this, it was happening there. Things get really awkward and you're like, oh, does everyone hate this guy? And Jesse pipes in and is like, okay, okay, we got to give some context. And we have a clip of that context. After the season wrapped, we had a cast Zoom call. Long story short, 15 or 16 of the guys at the end of their headshots put the initials P after their post. Braden was actually man enough to come to me and tell me what it, what it meant. And what it meant was Peter. Went to bed that night, kind of confused and ultimately pretty upset. I didn't know any of these guys. I met them for two minutes, maybe some five minutes, and to have people, you know, put this online for the world to see really affected me. So for those of you who don't know, that's that's kind of the story of 
what P was. Okay, first of all, why were they bleeping the F? Yes, yeah. I was confused about yeah. this. I was like, did it say the actual word fuck? No. No, I was like, was it an emoji? He says the initials. There were the oh initials. And when you see the actual screenshots. screenshots, it's clear that it's one letter that they've <laughs> blurred out. Like, yeah. we can't. You, we cannot even see a letter that is making the suggestion of a of a the word fuck now. And also, yeah. when he said Brayden was the one who was man enough to come to me and tell me what it was, does that mean Brayden participated? And then I'm wondering, what is Brayden's ulterior motive for telling Peter about this? I think Brayden fancies himself like the like uh, someone on a moral high ground mm. a little bit and he's like this isn't right i have to tell peter what's going on and here's the thing it's a really rude petty gross middle school thing to do to a person like it's I, that's awful it is also yeah. telling someone that that's happening when they wouldn't have known in a way you are just like in, you're putting the harm on him when he wouldn't have even known it was happening. Yeah. And like, perhaps the better thing to do would have been to go to the guys and be like, guys, I, I feel like really weird about this. Like, can you just take that down? Or go to a producer and be like, can, like, this is going to blow up in our faces. Can you tell everyone to, that they like should take this down? Yeah, yeah that's what I thought Peter- too. No, because Bra- I, I thought Brayden, why go and tell him when you could just go, yeah, tell a producer or tell the guys, like, maybe we should take this down before it, like, goes too far. But instead, he told Peter, and then I feel like that's just making, like, stirring the pot of it. It's, right. like, egging because, him on. Because then Peter says, they put this online for the world to see, and it really affected me. He talks about how his church, people in his church saw it, his parents saw it, his family saw it. But again, he would not have known what it meant if not for Brayden telling him. And again, it's so kind of like a hidden stealth diss, just like two letters in the corner. Because what people did was they added it to their, um, like their avatar Cast things. bio yeah, announcements. bio announcements. And it it was very minor. Like you would not have I didn't notice it. it. Out. Yeah. No. I wouldn't have noticed it. I wouldn't have been like, hmm, what are these two letters everybody is putting? I probably would have assumed I am not else. curious yeah. about any of these men enough <laughs> to really decipher. Especially when uh, they're just revealing themselves. Like, hey, we're, right. we're going to be on the new season. Like I wouldn't have even caught that at all. Yeah. It's unclear who, who participated in this. Like, did we see Brayden's no, Headshot? they I didn't. Don't think no, so, we right? saw, saw Sean. Yeah, we and saw then, Sean and we saw Aaron. Yeah, and Xavier. Aaron, Aaron Bryan. Xavier yeah. admitted that he and Xavier did admitted it. he he did it. I mean, it's fifteen or sixteen guys. It seems like the the lion's share of them did participate. My read was that Braden didn't, and then he was like, "I have the moral duty to inform Peter of this." Yeah, like but, I okay. So Xavier apologizes, and he's <clears throat> he's like, "This was an inside joke. No one would have known." And then. It went into this whole thing where everybody just kind of burst out with their annoyances about Peter, who, again, was only there on night one. And, like, John told a dumb story that only sounded mildly annoying. And Aaron said Peter was the first one to ask about endorsements. I was just like, wow, these people really dislike this one person who was there for one day. One night. They were just all collectively annoyed. Again, this is a normal 
thing that happens in groups sometimes where one person does not read the room and rubs everyone the wrong way and then everyone else gets riled up collectively except that these people are then on television. And so I think I think they should have had more of a facade on all of them yeah. and <laughs> perhaps not like middle school online bullied someone secretly. It was it truly reminded me of like leaving a hidden code in your aim away message in middle school. It it was middle school bullying. (laughs) And the fact, too, that, like, they were mad that on the first night he wouldn't, like, talk to many of them. And I'm like, well, he just... You guys are just meeting for the first time. Like, some people are going to be a little uncomfortable or maybe they just don't want to talk to you. Like, (laughs) Or maybe he does suck, but you could just be like, I don't like that guy. I think it was... Caleb who said he said fuck you to anyone who tried to talk to him and I was like did he literally say fuck you? Roll the tape Jesse roll the tape At that point Xavier is like I disagree that didn't that did not happen Aaron S is like well he's a bitch that's why we did it I'm like oh well that explains that explains everything everything. like the petty the pettiness was incredible and off the charts yeah John's story was just like you angled your body towards the camera and said who do you think is here for the wrong reasons? And I thought, probably you. That story, that <laughs> that was nonsense. Yeah. I like John, but that was nonsense. How dare you, Peter? I like John a lot, but, but it is it is just one of those things where like, how often in our lives have you just been in a group or met someone and been like, that person just annoys the shit out mm-hmm. of me. But when if someone actually asked you to articulate what they did, yeah, it would sound to, yeah. so stupid. True. Yeah, it's like and when that's you have a why nightmare. we don't go. Ar- yeah, and right. and it doesn't sound scary at all to anyone at all <laughs> when you try to describe. Yes. There was a there was a a hornet and it was flying around my room. It was so scary. It, it was so scary. And then um and then I was in my elementary school classroom. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things that doesn't translate. And so I understand the social impulse to be like we all collectively find this dude grating as hell. Yeah. But just keep that to yourself. Yeah. yeah. But Why 15 to the little 16. group chat. 15 or 16 is a lot of people to commit to a bit about finding someone annoying to the point of doing that it's too much. school thing. Yeah. yeah. But then they alluded to the fact that he was trying to like monetize it by putting it on a t-shirt or something. And I thought to myself, like, who is going to buy this <laughs> This t-shirt that no says FP? Like, I, no one, which is why he didn't make t-shirts. Like, I, that, I didn't the whole thing understand was yeah. what they were talking about with the t-shirts. And then Tanner sort of said under his breath, like, it was a joke, but I couldn't tell what he was referring to. Like, the whole segment was so off the rails. But I will say I actually appreciated that they brought this up because it is so stupid and petty that it was... Entertaining. Comedy gold. <laughs> it was comedy gold. And right after that was this ad that's like, come live your best life as a as a casting call. So <laughs> if you want to come live your best life and possibly be mildly bullied by a bunch of people, then you yeah. can come on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah. Do you want grown men to, <laughs> to bully you on the internet? Well, we Join have our family. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier ultimately does apologize. And I love how he did the thing of being like, I apologize just for me. I made a mistake. 
I'm a good dude. Everyone knows I'm good. Right, guys? I'm very good. Yeah. And then I was like, like, huh, (laughs) what is being implied? Like, he, I just made me laugh. I think it was very sincere. And I actually really appreciated that at least one person said that was a stupid thing to do. We shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. They, like, shook hands. But it did crack me up that he was like, Everyone here will attest to the fact that I'm actually a good person, unlike some of the rest of these guys. Xavier was on like an apology tour during <laughs> mm-hmm. the mental all. So Aww, I feel like he Xavier. was, yeah, he was just trying to get things off his chest. He's been in therapy. I feel like it was definitely genuine. But then we it, see it him was. later with charity and then it explains more. Like he just wanted to clear the air a bit. Yeah, I think it was genuine. Also, Xavier was wearing, he was wearing like a really dark green suit and that color. Yeah, he wore that hunter green. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Love it. So after this Peter segment, Brayden joins Jesse in the hot seat. It's it's back to Brayden. But I'm like, didn't we have enough of Brayden? Like, why did we have to bring him up? I feel like we spent the whole first 20 minutes talking about him. So because he's the only person that they have anything to say. They literally repeated the complaints that were made in the first part of the mental again. Mm After the Peter segment. Another recap, too. Like, a whole recap, again, of Brayden and Charity's relationship. (laughs) Well, yes. We obviously have to get as many clips in there as possible because they're trying to fill two hours. And Brayden says, you know, watching everything back was really tough because I sort of realized watching back that she, she did mean everything she was saying to me. And she did. We did really have that connection. And he, he also says that his real issue was the process and this setting. And he just like couldn't wrap his head around the idea of getting married at the end after all of this drama. Like charity's amazing, but this process is not for me. And that is fair. And I will say that something no no one pushed him on is that the problem was not that he had an issue with the process, but the way that he talked about charity and treated her as a result of those issues. And And I wish we had gotten something on that. Yeah. And well, another thing that I thought he he said that made sense was when people were getting upset with him again for coming back after he had already left. And he says, I didn't care about it taking away your time, to be honest. I didn't care about taking away anyone else's time. I cared about apologizing to someone I heard that I was pursuing a relationship with. So I was like, okay, that makes sense, Brayden. Like I you know, I can, and I, I think can. we even said during our recap of that episode that that we assumed that like he was encouraged to go back mm-hmm. by production of and course. said like you, the way you left things wasn't right. Charity's upset. You need to reassure her that like you know it wasn't anything she did. And so I, yeah, I I didn't really have a problem with that. And I always also always find it so funny that people convince themselves in these on these shows that like if I had just had. One more five-minute <laughs> conversation with Charity. She would have seen it and been into me when 99% of the time she's just doesn't want to make out with you yeah. and is waiting to send you home. Yeah, to me, what was more problematic than Brayden just coming back, because, yeah, it was annoying that he stole time from the guys, but they all did, like, chase him out, and they were very aggressive during that that, you know, when they all ran into the bus. That was, he was, that was troublesome. Yeah, he was leaving. Like, he was... You know, I get it. He stole your time. But like the way they attacked 
each other. But and also, then they admit, like, it could have been a big brawl if production wasn't involved. And I'm like, you guys are so immature. Like, but Jesse uh, asked, how surprised are you at how ev- angry everybody was? And he actually never answers that question. He he just goes into talking about he was going to beat people up yeah. in that Yeah, moment. this was so odd to me. That he's like, don't even worry about it. I was definitely ready to fight. <laughs> I was people. ready to throw I was like, down. That's not the brag you think it is, man. Like... Bro. It's always bro. 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 <laughs> Maybe none of us bros should have been punching anyone. Also, there like, was no driver. That This I enjoyed. <laughs> He's like, I just want to, Brayden's like, I just want to clarify that when Aaron was repeatedly saying, hit the gas, there was no driver in the van. <laughs> yeah. So he was yelling that at nobody. And that is actually a funny yeah. behind the scenes production. Between hit, yeah, hit the gas and roll the tape. Like there's nothing happening here, people. <laughs> Brayden then goes into a little thing about why he thinks people disliked him on the show. And one element of that, so he talks about like, maybe I seem arrogant or cocky. Yes. And yes. But he also says, I'm not like your traditional type of guy, which I thought was an interesting reasoning for him to give as to why the other men didn't like him. We actually have a clip of exactly what he says. So let's play that now. I mean, why do you think you rub so many people the wrong way? Why were you getting under their skin? Maybe the way I can come across sometimes can come across as maybe arrogant or maybe cocky or something like that. I'm not like your traditional type of guy, I guess. I also found this really notable, Esme. And I I wasn't sure exactly how I felt about it because I, I think what's interesting about Brayden, and we talked about this a lot during his time on the show, is that he does have certain, he like projects certain sort of alternative to toxic masculinity um, vibes, you know, with his fashion choices, maybe some of how he expresses himself. And yet a lot of what he enacted during his time on the show, in fact, felt very much like traditional toxic masculinity. One minute ago, he was just saying, I was going to beat the shit out of another man who was insulting me. And he also was quite possessive over... Charity sexuality, the way she conducted that sexuality in public spaces, the way that like what he deserved as a person who was dating her. And so I, I think it's interesting that he sees himself as so non-traditional and yet that those like patriarchal yeah. impulses are clearly very Deep-seated. I think yeah. one of the earlier episodes, you you said something like, is he Harry Styles or is he magic from the pickup artist? And I thought that <laughs> yes. was a really good way of putting it. Um, like he talks about how clothes are a fun way to express yourself. Earrings are a new thing for him. And I think if I hadn't watched any of this season and you told me, okay, there's this guy and he's kind of rubbing people the wrong way and he wears earrings and kind of flamboyant outfits, I, I would be like, oh, that's 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 an interesting, like, different element of the show. Like, I probably would be interested in seeing this person on TV. Um, but yeah, he, he was just very MRA-ish in some ways. Yeah, completely agree. So they round out his time in the hot seat by talking about his style. He gives Jesse a pair of clip-on earrings, which, yes, Jesse, we support you. Experiment with your personal style. And then we get a clip of Brayden on Paradise in which he wears a hat, un- unfortunately, um, <laughs> and makes out with Kat Izzo. So I think we will we will see more from Brayden. Not shocking at all. And uh, 
then we finally blessedly move on. Before we get to Xavier's hot seat, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will get into the rest of the men tell all. Can you keep up? I like Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we are back. And Xavier, it's finally his time in the hot seat. We start, obviously, by looking back at his journey on the show, his relationship with Charity, and, of course, that final conversation in which he shares his past infidelity with her, and then things just go terribly wrong. Yeah. And how did you— Like, I just felt like he looked— like, this has taken a toll on him. Yes. Uh, he's still a great, yeah. but you can tell he has, like, not maybe sleeping or reading too many social media comments. I felt for him in this moment, for sure. Yeah, I, God, I agree. He looked worse for the wear. And not in, like, an insulting way, just, like, this has must have been an emotionally hard few weeks for him. Yeah, and I think he was, like, in love with, like, he definitely was in love with her. And I feel like it all kind of spiraled. And the way he handled it was not the best. Yeah, like the way he said he thinks he thought and thinks about charity literally every single day made me sad. I was like, oh, this is a, a hard time for Xavier. I know, I know. He says, you know, I was trying to be so honest, but instead I put my foot in my mouth and I failed to make her feel like she was the only woman for me. Like, he just... He, I think he had an idea of how that conversation was going to go. And then he was asked questions and he didn't have good answers to them. Yeah. And he and really wanted, just, he's ugh. always had this fear of love not being reciprocated. And so this process was probably really tough because again, she doesn't have to tell the guys that she loves them back. I mean, we saw last week that she did tell Joey and, and Dotton, but I think that's what Xavier was expecting when he was telling her that I'm falling in love with you. He wanted to hear it back. Um, which I get, but again, this is like, that's the show. Like you can't guarantee that or she might, she might not love you back. So yeah. And it is confusing because there was a time when the star could not essentially say, I love you back. Or it was kind of a norm in the show that the star would not say, I love you back. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Xavier did not know that. I do not think of Xavier as being like a bachelor lore specialist, <laughs> but I, I can see how that would be. Um, something that would be hurtful. Yeah, and I think we have a clip uh, of what Xavier was telling Jesse. You know, I was in love with her, and uh, it was really difficult to kind of move on from that because, you know, those feelings don't just go away. I think about our time together literally every day. Um, so... I had to get a therapist because I felt like there was some work that I had to do on myself in order to um, be ready for somebody that is my forever person. I loved this moment. I thought it was so honest. And we've talked about this before, but there is something especially powerful about seeing a 
black man talk really openly about mental health, seeking treatment. Um, I think that seeing any man also talk about like going to therapy and the importance of that and not seeing that as a weakness, like we're still in a moment where that is fairly taboo. And so, and also just on a personal level, I was glad to see that Xavier had kind of a support team around him because we know how mentally taxing being on this show, especially when you are like involved in a, in an exchange that sort of lights up the internet, like how hard that can be on a person to process. So you always hope that like these people have, have support around them to get through that. I do feel like there has been this positive trend of men in particular talking about how they have gone to therapy um, on the show. And that's really great because I remember back in Rachel's season um, when Peter, she and Peter talk about therapy, right? Um, And that was such a momentous moment. And I feel like only since, like since then, we've only had more of those kind of disclosures. Absolutely. It's definitely been a shift we've seen over the last five-ish years, maybe maybe closer to, I don't know, like eight, seven years, eight years. Um, and it's been a, yeah, a positive trend. So Xavier says, like, I want Charity to be happy and thrive and I want the best for her. But he's, of course, nervous to see her. And at this point, our bachelorette arrives. We have been devoid of her presence for too long. Our luminous she, bachelorette. Yeah, she arrives so, in style. She looks so uh, good. Gorgeous red dress, like old Hollywood waves going on. She just looks stunning. She's, every week I'm so impressed with her. I think she is one of the best leads we've ever had. She is so, she manages in all of her conversations with these men to be both really like generous and empathetic, but also still boundaried and like staying true to the things that she had a problem with. And that's a hard balance to strike. And it was just, as always, like very impressive to watch. I know. She's I, a, he, yeah. She spent a lot of time being like, I'm so grateful yeah. for you all. But I also think like there are ways that you could have handled this better mm-hmm. or the way you treated me here wasn't great. And we haven't always seen that with bachelorettes. Just finding that balance between like, yeah, giving us too at home what we want to hear from the guys, but then also thanking them because it is a tough journey to go on uh, to show up and give up your career and and come and try to find love and and in this weird way. (laughs) And I thought that overall, she seemed really peppy and happy. Like, I don't know spoilers, but I think think she's still with her person, whoever whoever it is. Um, I mean, we all feel like we know. But um, yeah, she seemed to me really peppy and happy. Yes, that's such a good point. Like you can always kind of tell when they arrive, the lead arrives like really downtrodden. You're like, oh Oh, God, something very traumatic happened. And yes, she does seem, she seems like secure in herself and her choices, which, which is a good, a good sign for where she's at with her final one. And yes, I think we all believe it's Dotton, but no, none of us know for sure. (laughs) So she talks about her relationship with Brayden because we haven't talked about him enough about Brayden. (laughs) And she does address the fact that he spoke about the fact that she was on as the bachelorette and that he wanted her to be to like turn it off. And she's like, look, I frankly gave him more grace than he deserved. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was 100 percent myself to all of these men throughout this entire process. So like, I don't appreciate the way that that was spoken about. 
Yeah, love that. What did you think about the way that Brayden responded to this? I thought it's it was like okay. Brayden way, right? It's <laughs> yeah, like I feel yeah. like it's what he did the whole season, which was like make her feel more comfortable. But then was it is it genuine? It yeah. comes off sometimes as like, you know, he's putting on a bit of a show, but I'm I'm sure he meant her well. Yeah. And he ends it with, I'm grateful for getting to meet you, which is essentially what all the guys say during this charities section. And frankly, they should be. They should yes. be grateful should be to grateful get to meet her. Be her. Yeah. I mean, she wouldn't have spoken to like 75% of them in, in the real world. So yeah, speaking they, they of should uh, be. one of those guys, Sean just decides this is the time to invite himself up to the oh hot seat and oh my gosh, sit Sean. in her presence. Like, <laughs> I really do believe that Sean meant well in this moment, but he's just like, he's such a try hard yeah. and he's so comfortable taking up space that he's not invited into. And it's like the combination of those qualities is so grating, even though I believe that he believes the things he's saying to her, which are really sweet and just like, Fit you made all of us better men. Like you had nothing but grace and class the entire time. Like, do you think he was making a bachelor bid? Was that what was happening? (laughs) No, he can't. I mean, I think he just wanted his like five minutes of fame here. (laughs) Yeah, I think that he was like, I'm gonna be the magnanimous one, and this is what you do, and I'm a good guy. Yeah, I'm gonna speak for projecting it too hard. Like you could have just said that in your chair, yeah, buddy. Yeah, of course he says, you you made all of us better men. And that's it. Like, he went up there, sat there for about two seconds, told her he that. He gave his speech. <laughs> and Jesse is like, what are you doing? You're breaking the rules. <laughs> I did Go love back Jesse to your here. <laughs> Jesse, oh God, I just continue to love Jesse's energy so much more than Chris Harrison's. I really do like, like, he, he he's more playful, too. Like, yeah. he's playing along with the yes. whole shtick of what the show is. And he gets He it. makes jokes. Yeah. And they, they feel... You're like, oh, you're probably a person who makes some jokes in real life. Um, I have to say, Emma, that's a very sad thing to say. You're probably a person who makes some jokes in real life. I don't imagine Chris Harrison making a a single joke that would land. The bar is on the floor, as we like to say. Of course the bar is on. Jesse is lifting that bar slowly. (laughs) I I think I was just so prepared to not be into Jesse, and I have been pleasantly surprised each and every season by the fact that I think he's a very competent host, and he seems to have fun with the job, and... Yeah, be be able to also like call out people in a way that isn't overly earnest. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That like the whole little exchange with Sean was just like, yes, this is the perfect way to be like, Sean, buddy, what what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And speaking of competent comments, Tanner also talks. My note here is Tanner talks and it's boring. Was my was my note <laughs> well, for that? I, I had the same thing. I was like, this is when I knew that they're setting him up to be like a big player on Paradise because I'm like, nobody, this, I don't need to no hear one this. Cares. <laughs> well, he was like, I had a great experience. I never wanted to pressure you to like fall in love with me, but I had fun. And it's like, you could have cut that out of everything. Yeah, to both cut. Sean and Tanner said, no questions. It's like, okay. Uh, so move along. Questions. Okay, yeah. thanks. Uh, yeah, I guess they're just like, everyone who had any kind of notable relationship with Charity gets to make a little speech now. <laughs> they're like, John, now it's your turn. And he's like, I do have a question. What did I do wrong? Oh, and man. she's like, 
nothing. Yeah, you're awesome. Again, though, probably going to be in paradise. So just give them some screen time. Set it up. (laughs) Anytime there's anyone who's even partially Asian, I'm just like, put them on the show more, please. So that's my I love opinion. John. Yeah. I, love I think him John too. had a great a great run, and I feel like he could do really well in Paradise if he goes. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people I too. Don't when he was sent home, I was surprised when he got sent home. Yeah, uh, I thought he was going to stick around a little longer. He's he's fun. He's cute too. Mm-hmm. He has he has some fun personality. I I would support seeing more of John on our on our screens. And then comes the Xavier segment with Charity, and this is really like. The only point that things get, I think, super emotionally charged mm-hmm. during this entire section, um, you know, Charity says, like, I didn't see our breakup coming. It's hard to see him. And she says a few times that her biggest complaint is that she thinks he should have told her way before overnights mm-hmm. about his concerns and about his past infidelity. At this point, Xavier does join Charity on the couch, and it made me laugh a little that he opened by being like, to be clear, I denounce cheating. Yes. In all of its forms. It's like, uh, the internet may think otherwise, but I personally denounce cheating. (laughs) Like, I get why he said it, but it's just one of those things that feels like so... Um, like politician. Yeah, yes. again, his, his po- apology tour. Like it's just like here's what people have been saying about me online, and I just need to get it out there that although I said I could I'm possibly not- cheat on charity, <laughs> I don't. Like, believe I'm not in actually a fan of infidelity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's wrong. But yeah, he uh, goes back into his whole like head and heart didn't align. Um, I can be that faithful person, but it just didn't come out in the right way. No, Xavier, it didn't. It didn't come out. No, that it whole didn't come exchange out the right with way. them. And then yeah. Charity brings up the fact that he said, I love you, which you, you talked about briefly in an earlier episode. But yeah, that he said, I love you at this very inopportune moment <laughs> and was kind of like, what the hell is going on? Why did you say that? And so he gives his explanation. Yeah, he's like, I just wanted to let you know how I felt. And... I wish you could have, you know, told me the same. Like, I just wanted to, like, share. And she is not having it. She's very annoyed by the fact that he said, I love you. And she also says, which we didn't see, but obviously we know these dinners are, like, edited down from two hours to ten minutes, that she had repeatedly asked him if what was what he needed was verbal reassurance. Yeah. And that's not what he actually said. So I found that to be very, um, very telling. They also, again, discuss the fact that she feels that he should have brought up this conversation before Fiji and that she probably wouldn't have brought even brought him to overnights had he been honest, which I'm going to say charity is probably the reason he didn't tell you until yes, this time. Because he had that opportunity when they played back their, you know, package, you could see that they talked about infidelity and how that is so triggering for her and and cheating. And he was just silent during that date. So he knew that, you know, he could have had a chance to be like, oh, well, 
But again, if he it's, if he told yeah. her, he wouldn't be where he was. And Charity got fired up in a way that I loved. She was like, you told me time and time again, I don't know, I don't know. Marriage scares me. Commitment to one person scares me. Please let me know how the hell I'm supposed to like take that and be like, this is great. This is solid. I'd be a fool to sit there and and take that. Yeah. Be like, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, another thing, sorry, that came up after Charity got fired up and said all that was when Xavier talked about what marriage was like to him in his head. And I remember watching that part and just thinking like, wow, Xavier's view of marriage is not how I experienced falling in love and getting married. Um, he said, when you're getting married, there's a fear of commitment. There's a fear of marrying the wrong person. There's a fear of a lot of things. I was like, oh, Xavier, like, I don't know if that that's how everyone feels when they're getting married. Yeah. I, well, this is the thing, and this is why I'm glad he's in therapy, because clearly he just has a lot of anxieties that are about him that he is still working through. And also, he's in his 20s. That's a fair time to be having these anxieties and to be working through these feelings and to be kind of unpacking what that means and why you have those fears. Um, something else that Charity brought up that I was glad to hear her say is that like, is that his answers to her questions were not definitive enough. And mm. we have we have a little clip of exactly what she says. Obviously, we're talking about like your infidelity and like what that meant. You were saying, I don't want to cheat on you. Well, instead of saying, I don't want to cheat, I won't Most, cheat on exactly. you. Like, it's like things like that. It's like, that's plain and simple. Like, if you have love for me or if you care for me, you won't do that to a person that you're with. Like, it's sure. just plain and simple. And then that goes into exactly what you were talking about before, Esme, that it's like, how is she supposed to feel solid about someone who can't even say in that moment... I won't behave in this way towards you. I commit to not behaving in this way towards you. And you can see the way Xavier's brain works, which mm -hmm. is like, but how do I guarantee that if I'm not in that situation right now? And I don't know. And it's like, well, that's the thing about making commitments, right? Is that you are speaking in your intentions and in your promises. And that doesn't always, like we can't 100% guarantee anything in this life or follow through in any way, but that doesn't mean you don't commit to it. And I did find it interesting that Xavier also said that it wasn't that I was trying to get there just to have sex with you, which I think had been weighing on him in terms of how he left it with Charity. Absolutely, because obviously they play back um, the clip of Charity giving an ITM where she says, like, time in the bedroom is not gonna, you mm -hmm. know, clarify things for you. And so... I appreciated that he wanted to kind of answer to that and be like, this wasn't about sex. My goal was to deepen our connection. He says, I genuinely saw you as my wife and I I was doing my best to let you know like exactly who I am. And I I believe him when he says that. Yeah. I just also think that he wasn't the right partner for her given where he is in his kind of process of self-discovery. Absolutely. I think, again, he loved her. Uh, he was falling for her, but he wasn't ready to give her the commitment that she wanted. Um, and I love that he's doing the work. And you can tell he's really been thinking about, it. as he said, he's thinking about it every day. He starts crying. Mm. You can totally tell this has like affected him. And I love to see that, um, you know, that he's actually like putting in the work and trying to work 
and better himself. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to see anyone kind of. And we in know pain. what happens here. We know what happens on social media. We know how people can, you know, attack in comments. And and I think it was nice to see them kind of clear the air between each other uh, in this way. It's always awkward, too, though, to watch this kind of conversation like happen in front of the other guys, too. And he cleared the air with a very nice gift. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so after he says, you know, I those feelings haven't totally gone away, but I appreciate the ability to bring this to some sort of closure because things ended between us so abruptly. It really messed me up. He gets up and walks off stage. I was and scared. Like, I, have, <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. And the way that they clipped this when they were promoting it was like, Xavier's going to do something fucking crazy. And then he comes over and he has a knit rose. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so cute. He just wanted to remind us all that he's still the knitting boy knit. we, we fell for. <laughs> I thought it was impressive. That didn't look that easy to knit. Like, it really did look like a flower. It just kind of made me sad, though, to be honest, because I just picture him, like, weeping and knitting yeah, weeping this and rose knitting for her. Rose. <laughs> no, may- maybe that's part of his therapy. It, it, well, he says, like, <laughs> knitting helps, like, tame his anxiety, or it gives him a sense of, like, peace. So I can just see him like in his thoughts, knitting this rose. He genuinely <laughs> meant to like, yeah, give her oh something gosh. that showed her his affection. Can it you was remind sweet. me how old Charity is? Because I think they're the same age. Okay, I think okay. that she is also 27. Actually, let me check that. Because I was thinking I think about both like 27. Hit where yeah, they're both 27. Yeah, they're both 27. All right. So it's not necessarily an age thing in terms of readiness. It was... No, I think it's just more where he is. And I think a lot of people, men and women in their 20s, Mm -hmm. are still working through some of this shit. And that probably means they shouldn't be getting married um, if because they don't want to at this moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. But he gives her this very sweet gift and says, at the end of the day, I'm super happy and hopeful you found your forever person. Like, it's a bummer. It's not me, basically. But I wish you all the best. I know, you know, you're going to do great things. And she wishes him the best, too. And is like, I hope you take what happened between us and learn from it going forward. And they they hug it out. Sweet. And then to cleanse the palate, it's it's time for some bloopers because that was too much. You know, we got to... We got to come back down to the mental all. Uh, Every time they play bloopers, I'm like, why weren't more of these funny segments included in yeah, the actual show? I know. It's just, it's nice to see that this cast has fun together. It, yeah. Like, just, I always yeah. want to know that people making a reality dating show are having some fun because or else it starts to get really dark. They just don't bring any of that humorous tone into the show, which I wish they would incorporate. I loved the one blooper where a wall just started falling for no reason. <laughs> like, I, that was, it reminded me Keep of Keep it a, in. Yeah. yeah. Just like. And even if they don't want those production things, like, they could have had, there were, like, some group dance scenes mm-hmm. that, that were cut all of the Kens doing a little, oh, the a kitten, little fashion the show. Kitten discussion was. Oh quite yeah, good. the dodgeball oh, prep. Like God. show that. That was funny. Aaron S discussing his manscaping and saying he's clean on the front and full kitten on the back. And I and also Jesse looked, was like, yeah. "What does that mean?" Yes, <laughs> and like he, Jesse, he said, "You know, clean cut hardwood floors, and then the back is all carpet." Which I was like, <laughs> "Did you just come up with that?" Because that I is know. pretty I was brilliant. Like, that was good. Yeah. That was like pretty good for on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, more Tanner love in the blooper reel. Like, just 
Tanner oh being semi poor, poor Tanner getting like sexually harassed on the street oh, in his God. Ken outfit. He's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> we we also get a, a little moment with Captain Tom, who <laughs> I was, was like, why is this happening? Like, you why really is need this to happening? The time yeah, he's so like, badly. chastity, chastity he, is a beautiful woman. Miss he chastity doesn't even know there. Charity's name. <laughs> Like, guys, you got to prep your guests a little bit better. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I guess Captain Tom got a trip to L.A. And so good for him. But he did We've, he did get a rose to give to somebody. And he said, who's who focuses on who's talking and who's actually listening? And then he gave the rose to Sean. So I was like, is Sean not as bad as I think he is? I think Sean is probably a perfectly nice person who tries hard and also is annoying. <laughs> Like, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, he seems fine to be around. He's, like, he's young. Yeah, he's just, you know, yeah. the question of his potentially bad politics is always looming yeah, over it yeah. for me personally. Um, Do you but think he'll be on Paradise? We don't actually know. Yeah, I suspect he will yeah. be. Because yeah. they love to bring people on who annoy other people. <laughs> Blonde, Like, midway people. through. Yeah, yeah, midway through, he'll walk mm-hmm. down the Yeah, beach. are you kidding? It's going to be, like, him and Brayden will be there at the same time. <laughs> I guarantee it. We then head right into another, like, really filler segment, but I, of the OG, some OG bachelorettes joining Charity to just, like, pump her up. And I think this was because it's, it's season 20. Mm-hmm. In case anyone forgot, it's season 20. <laughs> Charity's joined by Trista Sutter, who was season one, Desiree Siegfried, season nine, and Deanna Pappas from season four. And they're all just, like, Mutually fangirling over each other. And over Charity, yeah. yeah, yeah. And over Charity. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Charity included. It's really sweet. I especially loved hearing from Deanna because she just seems great. She does. She's going through a divorce from... (laughs) I was going to say the post... Stagliano, right? The post-divorce energy is really good. She's just like, stay true to yourself. I'm in a transitional phase. Yeah, 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 I'm like, go off. She's like, I'm also... Sign me up. I'll be your golden bachelorette. (laughs) I appreciated that uh, that Jesse was like, I think you've got a ways to go before Golden Bachelorette. <laughs> like, girl, you're 41. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Although they would, wouldn't that be the most Bachelor thing ever to be like, the men on the Golden Bachelor are 72, yeah. the women are 41. 40. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wow, it's so sad when women pass their prime and have to Tell all of us that you can find love again. I did 40. text Emma at this point being like, how many times are they going to trot out Trista Sutter? It's just, oh They're going to get their fucking money's worth, yeah. Esme. Are you kidding? I've seen They're the good. clip like, of she... that wedding kiss like five gazillion <laughs> times at this point. I know. She and Sean Lowe are just on permanent payroll, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, she says she's like, you know, the godmother of a... Mm-hmm. bachelorette she has very maternal love for you know charity was, and yeah. all the all the other bachelorettes but trista's oh trista's always going to show up she's a tried and true so they know give her a phone she's call like, she'll be this there. is really part of my identity yeah. um they, this was like a cute segment but nothing important was really gleaned no, from yeah. it but i did enjoy the energy yes and then oh my god it's time for Gary, Gary our golden Gary, bachelor. Gary. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually sobbed during this. Oh my god. I love hearing more of like his his full story. Like he married his high school sweetheart, Tony, in 1972. 
They were married for 43 years. He had two daughters with her and they have two granddaughters. And they were taught, like they were set for retirement. They bought like this incredible dream lake house that they had it was been like working a notebook esque. Yes, yeah. their whole yes. life towards. And like right oh. after they closed um, on the house in June 2017, Tony, they took her to the ER and she ended up having a bacterial infection. Um, and she passed away on July 15th of yeah. 2017. This was especially oh. very hard for me because oh. my husband was diagnosed with cancer in February of this year. And he's still, we're still going through it. And I, I just, to, to hear him talk about, like, you know, when he was saying, when I look at that lake, I think this is her dream. This is her, what she deserves. Why am I standing here alone? I, I, I just... So I was sobbing. Oh I was sobbing. I was like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking about you and yeah. and C during this, Esme, and um, yeah. It was a like I'm crying I know, now, just thinking about it. It it was, you know. I just I love you so much, Esme. Oh, I love so you. Always, always <laughs> thinking about you. Um, and it's there is something like you see why they cast this guy. Oh my like God. the way yeah. the way that he talks about his love mm-hmm. for his late wife is so beautiful mm-hmm. like and also yeah, just the, I think uh, it's very tricky to talk about like being a widower and having this love for your late wife but also like how you're going to approach finding this new love. I think that can be a tricky line to walk when yes. you're a public a public facing person. I think he handled it really well. I don't know if he's gotten media training, but he handled that really well. He says a lot of cute things, makes a lot of cute jokes in this segment. I just think oh I my cannot God. wait to watch this. Me too. Yeah. I loved that we got this whole like extended introduction to him because after he tells this obviously devastating story, we do see him talking with his daughters and they're all sort of it's clear that his family is so supportive of him doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they talk about explicitly, like, him doing this is not, the goal is not to replace mm-hmm. his late wife, to replace their mother, Tony. He just, but he wants companionship. And, like, that is allowed and that should be celebrated. We also get a really great little moment where Jerry, Jerry, where Gary heads out to the local bar and is talking to other patrons. And he's like, Guys, I passed the STD in the drug tests. <laughs> he was just He's... so charming, making a lot of jokes, being talking about being the last ingredient in the blender. Um, there was a really Helen sweet Mirren. Moment. Yeah, oh my god, Helen he Mirren's was... his type. Hope. Also, can we talk about the fact that when he's practicing giving out roses, <laughs> he's like jokingly giving out roses to Eunice and Gertrude. Yes. Oh and I was like, God. this is good. Also, the the time that I loved the contestants the most was when he he says, I, when Jesse asks, like, what is your impression of the contestants? And Gary says, I aspire to be like them, a bunch of cool guys. And then Jesse asks, do you have any advice for our Golden Bachelor? And the guys just are gushing. They're like, you've done it, man. You had that relationship. And then uh, what Sean says, and I have complained about Sean, but what he said really touched me. He said, there is nothing we are ever going to be able to say to you in order to give you advice. You just told us that you want to be like us. That is dead wrong. We want to be like you. And I, I, that also really, really got to me. And I think we have a clip of that. 
I mean, you, you've done it, man. You've had that relationship, and I say, like, just trust your gut because you had a relationship that lasted so long. And, I mean, just seeing the photos and everything, it brought tears to my eyes. Like, it was beautiful. I mean, that's what we all aspire for. And so I say stay true to yourself, man, because you got it. Thank you. There is nothing we are going to be able to say to you in order to give you advice. Like, you just told us that you want to be like us. That is dead wrong. Like, we're, we want to be like you, man. Like, you, you're genuine. You're true. Good to see you, man. Yeah, his interactions with all of the current cast members were really sweet. So after um, we wrap up this kind of extended promo, um, we Gary does come out. And at this point, all of the men stand up and are chanting, oh, Gary, so Gary, sweet. Gary. Yeah. He has a very sweet conversation with Jesse about just what a whirlwind, as you said, a, a blender. He's just a ingredient of a smoothie yeah. and a blender. Gary didn't realize how, what, like the, the press circuit that surrounds the Bachelor franchise. I mean, so how cute. could you? He's been living, he's like, I live in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't understand how people, reporters are like showing up in my driveway. Yeah. He makes a lot of like oldster jokes about the social media posts that Jesse shows. Yeah, like what does get it mean? <laughs> yeah, what is a grand zaddy? <laughs> They do discuss a little bit of the social media frenzy that has popped up around him. And Jesse pulls up a few posts. Yeah, one saying he can get it, which he does not know what that means. <laughs> and I was like, come on, Gary. We we know you fuck, okay? <laughs> and another calling him Grand Zaddy, which he does, I think, pick up on mm-hmm. in, a, in a great way. We have a clip of how he utilizes this. Um, I, I think what I'm, I'm most looking for that first night is for one of those women or several of those women to just have that look in their eye, mm. like, oh gosh, okay, I found my own granddaddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? I, I do. Jesse, that really got Jesse. <laughs> such a such a cute moment where he, you can tell. Um, Gary's been like reading up on social media, Googling what granddaddy means. He's going to throw in some one liners. <laughs> yeah. So, so cute. Also, he is, he is that quintessential folksy Midwestern yes. charm his thing. Voice. And his then, voice, just hearing his voice is. I, I have a lot of, my dad's whole side of the family is um, from Minnesota. Oh, and oh. this is like a slightly different accent, but like this did remind me a little bit of like my uncle's, like, who grew up in in Minnesota like that? Yeah, that because Gary's accent. from uh, You're just like, Indiana, it's so right? Comforting. He's Indiana. Yeah. You can see it. He like yes. rides ATVs. Uh, Are you going to talk about the advice Midwest. he gives Jesse, which yes. really made me cry like more than anything? <laughs> yeah. So first, um, Jesse asks what Gary thinks of the guys, and they have that very very sweet exchange where. Brayden and Aaron and I guess Sean. I didn't catch what Sean said, um, but they say very nice things about him. And then Jesse asks for Gary's marriage advice. And Gary says, you should look at your spouse every day and tell them you love them because the day comes too soon for one of you to not be able to do that. And he's crying while he's saying this. And I feel like everyone in the audience must have been just absolutely tearing up yeah well you you got the sense too of like why he is the first golden bachelor like he's just gonna bring this 
perspective to the show. And I think he said it beautifully that, yeah, he doesn't want to replace Tony and everything they had and that part of his life. But he just wants to find like a partner who he can live, you know, the rest of his years out with and still have that, you know, that new kind of love that comes with the second part, you know, the second part of his life. He's got his lake house and his daughters and his granddaughters, and he wants someone to share all that with. We do have a clip of what he says when Jesse asks if he thinks he can find a love like that, a.k.a. what he had with Tony again. All right, so your question was, can I find a love like that? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. What I look for at the age of 70 is different than what I looked for when I was in high school and college. Mm -hmm. So I believe I'll find my person, the new person that will make me whole again. And I think we'll knit a wonderful relationship, but I don't think it'll look like the relationship I had with Tony. Yeah. I don't think it would be right to do it that way. Yeah. That He's be- was so sweet. I do have a slightly cynical question that I just want to present to you both, which is, do you yes. think that for The Golden Bachelor, they will or would ever have a divorcee? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think that for the first one, they were doing everything in their power to make this story feel as compelling and invite the least controversy Mm -hmm. possible. So they were like, white, Midwestern, has a full head of hair, (laughs) is, oh, you know, his wife died and he loved her and he treated her really well, Mm -hmm. right? Like, sort of this, I think that they are trying to, like, present this image of almost perfection Mm -hmm. in order to head off criticism. And my feeling is, like, you can deserve love again even if you weren't a perfect oh, partner course. in your yeah. past or mm-hmm. whether, right? And like, I, I do, so I do think, um, like I personally don't, yeah, I, I think that there is this, they were kind of trying to like head off criticisms and I would hope, I would hope that moving forward, you know, you wouldn't have to be that like, quote unquote, perfect deserving person in order to to be considered as like someone who might be compelling to watch look for love later in life. Yeah. I'm glad it's Gary. I'm I, I'm sure it was difficult to find him, but he seems wonderful. And I can't wait to listen to you all cover The Golden Bachelor. I mean, you have to come back and discuss it with <laughs> us. I'm like, you, weeping. <laughs> I, yeah, same. The whole time. It's just, I can't believe that they're not airing it till 10 p.m. It's rude. I know. That is rude. Come on. The older people go to bed earlier. Yeah, exactly. We need a 6 p.m. showing. <laughs> <laughs> we need the early bird special. I would love that. I please give me my television like really early in the like I'm not trying to stay up till 11 yeah. p.m. Are you kidding? But yeah, on your point too, Esme, I think the women for his season are going to be so interesting. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to see who they find because I'm sure there will be divorces, but I'm I'm sure there'll be another widow and or someone or who's just range. never been in a relationship or a marriage. Yeah, I did read, thankfully, I'm I have to fact check this, but I did see a report that said the women were going to be 65. Oh. Yeah, well he said something like he only wants women in their sixties mm-hmm. and seventies yeah, or older it, than the, sixty. Which the I Hollywood loved. reporter yeah. said like a few different reports said it will include a cast of eligible women 65 and older, mm-hmm. oh, which is great. awesome. I love that. I love that so much. And I also think that 
it makes sense, given that he is someone who partnered so young with someone who was his age, it doesn't totally surprise me that he would be interested in also find like finding a person to partner with now who is also in a similar life stage yeah. as him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I, I feel like they searched far and wide. They were like, we don't want a guy who's just like never committed and is 75 and only wants to date, you know, 35 year olds. Like we, like they we have d- to find. They definitely took their time because it was like Mar- March, 2020. Years, it was like before the pandemic when they were first yeah. like, do you want to meet a, an older man? We're looking for the golden bachelor. I thought it was been never going to come. Honestly, yeah. I thought they gave up. I on think it. it was a joke. It became like an in joke between yeah. All of Bachelor Nation. We're just like, oh, this show that's fake and they're never going to cast it. And suddenly they're like, we found him. Well, I feel like it could like, not that the franchise needs saving per se. It's going mean, to have many does. more it seasons. Does, yeah. But I think this it is going to be like saving. saving in a way that we want. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think so many people are interested in Gary between like my mom who stopped watching the show like ages ago is now so on board to like my young cousin who's like, she stopped watching. She's in her 20s and she's like, I'm going to watch for Gary. And I'm so, so I think interested. Gary's going to get some love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so interested to think about like what the group dates will look like. They're probably not going to be doing like a volleyball thing or like an obstacle course thing or, you know, but who knows? I mean, I'm if they are, I'm worried about like everyone's needs. <laughs> yeah. Well, backs. they will be ATVing. Absolutely. Hopefully their <laughs> ATVs work. You know, <laughs> that's all we need. I support them doing an ATV date, but, like, for all of their sakes. Like, I think I would end up, like, brutally injured if I was on one of uh, those dates. So I wouldn't want to be doing that at, at 65. Let's go for some spa. Think, yeah, spa yeah. days. Yeah. I think it's going to be weird and goofy, I hope. And lovely. And lovely. It apparently starts this September. Can we talk about this? I thought this was, like, a November start. But he, Jesse definitely said coming in September. Yeah, this was confusing. That's only possible if Bachelor in Paradise is only like four weeks. They're just shortening everything. (laughs) Yeah, which seems really short. So maybe, I mean, maybe that is the case. Like maybe they are trying to wrap up Golden Bachelor before the holidays. Um, But I assumed Paradise would be six weeks and then we would get Golden Bachelor in October who knows? I guess we'll see. It seems like we're going just from one franchise right into the next. So I think um, we'll have plenty we'll to talk be about. on here talking about <laughs> it. Yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about. And we end this mental all with a preview of next week's finale, which Jesse calls, quote, emotional and heartbreaking. Yeah, Charity says she's in love. She seems like she's going through it. Yeah, she's getting engaged, but to who? Um, but she's kissing Aaron, and they're seemingly on a date. So Aaron's still in the picture. She we don't know yeah, how he is. Yeah, we see at least like three different outfits of Aaron's. So yeah. he must stick around at least until maybe a rose ceremony at the end of that week. There's her crying and saying like, "How can you give up someone that you love so much?" or something like that. Oh. oh my gosh, that was on proposal day. I suspect it is still going to come down to Dotton and Joey. I think so. And she is going to have to reject Joey mm-hmm. and she's having a panic attack yeah. over it. That's how I read that. We also see her going to her mom, being like, mom, please tell me what to do. And her mm. mom is like, I will not be doing that. Yeah, she really is like relying on her mom here. And her mom 
is like you got to pick. You got to you got to feel like which one is, you're more drawn to. Who's the person for you? But she really is in love with both of them. So this is gonna it's gonna be heartbreaking for the reason of like she's gonna find her happiness. Mm-hmm. We know that, but mm-hmm. like she's also gonna break someone's heart who she really, really, really loves, which it's we haven't always brutal. seen in the finale. Like they're always the runner up is always of course very important to the lead but this this season feels different like joey and Dotton are pretty much extraordinary men i don't know yeah yeah although it was only Dotton's hometown where i was crying so i don't know you mean uncle joe didn't do it for you (laughs) Dotton has the edge Dotton, i truly believe she is currently with Dotton, but these are the two love stories yeah that the show effectively sold this season. Very and much. so it is, you you don't want to see either of these men hurt. And I have, don't remember feeling that for a while, like so deeply being like, I want all three of these people to be happy. My suspicion is that Joey's going to be the next Bachelor. I think you're so. right there. Yeah, you've been predicting yeah. that for a while and I think it's I totally true. We'll find out next week, we'll probably at the... Week. After the final rose, let's hope. Yeah, I'll be like, as, maybe as a consolation. Or they'll wait until later, like the Paradise. Or Gary stuff, yeah. Finale or Gary, mm-hmm. something like that, because to give a little bit of time, because they won't they won't start filming that too immediately. I think you'll, they'll have a few weeks. So, yeah, we'll see. I, it might be Paradise that we find out who The Bachelor is. But Jesse said, it's going to shock us to our core. I don't. Agree, because I think we just predicted it. <laughs> he did not say, say the most dramatic finale yeah. ever. I think we know what's coming, Jesse, but it's still he's like, be I was there hard. and I was surprised. <laughs> oh, Jesse. We end then with a credit sequence of Gary meeting all of the guys in person and hugging them. It's really cute. And Brayden is Brayden is very sweet towards Gary, and he's like, You've got this man just don't read the comments. Yeah, he's yeah. like people calling you granddaddy. That's that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> Good wisdom. And Gary says, "I really need to get more current with the terms." <laughs> <laughs> so precious. Aww. Watch Braden shows up on Gary's season, like giving Gary <laughs> love advice. No, I don't Brayden, think anyone needs no. <laughs> love advice from Braden. Braden no. needs to find himself, and he's making you know, out with Cat. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. He's thriving. Esme, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a delight. Please tell all the people listening where they can find you, your work, your writing, which is so gorgeous. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I have a website that has a lot of things, including an online writing school that I founded called the Unexpected Shape Writing Academy. And there's a shop with lots of things, including free encouragement notes where you get two weeks of free encouraging emails. And that can be all found at EsmeWang.com. Fantastic. Esme, thank you again. And you'll have to come back soon. Yes, thank you so much. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. First, I love to see the men tell all special being taped after Paradise, which meant no one felt compelled to scream over each other in order to make an impression and get cast on another show. 
my God, can we please have more of this energy moving forward? Yeah, we didn't have to, like, think about what people were saying. We could hear everybody's voices, no overlapping, no two hours of screaming and screeching. It was lovely. We also love to see normalizing earrings for men. You know, there weren't always winners, but we commend uh, Braden for his style. Absolutely. We also obviously loved every single moment involving Gary, seeing Gary, thinking about Gary, especially all of the times he made us just absolutely well up with his earnest love for his late wife, his hopefulness, his beautiful advice about marriage. Another, like, sub-love to see it for me was all of the men hyping Gary up. Especially like Brayden, Aaron, Sean. It was so sweet to see the way that they all seemed to admire him so much and all of the the words of encouragement they sent his way. Really like truly, as Esme said, the most I've enjoyed these men. Yes. Men, take note. Watch Gary's season. You can learn a lot. Um, We also love to see Charity's poise and strength throughout every single conversation, even the tough ones. Um, she manages to be so like generous, but boundaried at the same time, you know, calling men out for treating her a certain way, but also thanking them for being, being on the journey with her. It's truly, it's, it's incredible. She does the compliment sandwich better than anyone. And I need to truly take notes. And finally, on a lighter note, we love to see the valiant effort to make grand zaddy happen. I think that is, they must be trying to trademark Grand Zaddy. I mean, we're going to see promos uh, all fall that are just like, your Grand Zaddy's on TV. <laughs> Absolutely. And now it's time for Hate to See It. As we said during the episode, we hate to see Brayden casually employing an anti-Romani slur. Don't do that. Yeah, that was pretty And gross. frankly, the show should have cut him saying that yeah. because we didn't need that on TV. Nope. Uh, and we hate to see some truly... Middle school style online bullying of Pilot Pete Part Two. Um, you know why? Like why? Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Also, I frankly hate to see the show bleeping out the letter F. <laughs> what did the letter F ever do to you, yeah. Network ABC? Calm down. The letter F is a friend of ours. <laughs> And let's get to the Disney princess rating, because it has dipped down this week for us. Um, I mean, Charity was barely present. It was a lot of men, and I wouldn't call these men Prince Charmings. So I'm going to give this one like a 4 or a 4.5. Yeah, I was going to say a 5 just because of her gorgeous outfit and Hollywood hair, and she looked so stunning. When she was there, she really gave us Disney Princess, but she was on screen for maybe a third of this episode. So, okay, a five. Let's settle in at a five. I think we had our our top-tier Disney Princess episode last episode. Oh, absolutely. And I suspect we're going to... We're going to have another very high rating uh, for the finale. Yeah, she did have her as the other Disney princesses join her on the couch for a bit. You know, that... Good point. That brings point, it up Lee. to a five. I'm, I'm that gonna, brings it up yeah. to a five. Okay, you, you've convinced me. We're landing at a five. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Lee. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Esme Wang. Love to See It is produced by us, Emma Gray, Lee Blickley, and Stitcher. 
And this episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Matarana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, spread the word to all of your friends about our show. And if you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on social media at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Lee BZ. And we'll be back next week, believe it or not, for the recap of Charity's season finale. Trump, Trump, Trump.